Well, there's nothing I can do about the microphone, really. Okay. I think you sound about the same as last time. A little echoey. I hear the echo. <clears throat> I'm hearing loads. You're hearing loads? <laughs> loads of echoes. Get the loads out of your ears. Get the, get the cum out of your ears. You don't hear loads all the time. <laughs> oh, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, humor. Penises. I like how loads means different things across across the ocean. Kind of like nutting. <laughs> I, hear it means I think that's one meaning. I don't, I don't think anybody has another meaning than nutting. <laughs> no, over here it means headbutting. As in, I'm going to nut you in the fucking face, you can't. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> if I say, him, if I say I'm going to nut you in the someone. face... That means like head bottom. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. Not the money shop. <laughs> yeah. I would love to be in some British pub and two guys are fucking <laughs> screaming at each other. Oi, mate, I'm gonna nut you right in the face. <laughs> and then fucking, I would fall over laughing. Or oh, there's always a nut the cunt. <laughs> Headbutting a vagina? What is that? That's when you call someone a cunt and you say you're gonna nut them. Headbutt them. Tooligan speak. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Have you had a nut any guys, Shane? Uh Haha. I have in the past, actually. How was it? Got to get him right on the fucking bridge of the nose. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that'll hurt. I just aim for the eye myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear that stings. <laughs> I wouldn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Are we ready? Today, with learning, yeah, with all you need is blood. <laughs> yeah, ready? <laughs> We're already going. It's already started. Yeah. Oh, good lord. <laughs> this is. This is. This is so unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. That was a pretty good intro, so we got that crossed off the list. Yeah. One of uh, our best. Uh, <laughs> it, it amazes me that I'm always surprised when when some additional British bullshit comes up that I've never heard of. <laughs> I'm like, that. wait a second, that can't be true. <laughs> it makes me so proud. Yeah. Cultural diversity, Shane. You're, you're spreading the British culture throughout the world. As in, I'm fucking up with people. Mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. So, welcome to All You Need Is Blood. This is episode 53. So, we're chugging along here. Um, we're the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. You can reach us on our Gmail at AllYouNeedIsBloodPod at gmail.com. Our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Uh, we've got an Instagram, All You Need Is Blood Pod. And if you're listening to us, you're listening to it on something, but you can also catch us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
probably some other stuff. Um, just type in all you need is blood and subscribe. And we like to talk about horror movies, talk a lot of bullshit, mostly about coming in people's faces, <laughs> and um, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, games, comics, books, uh, pretty much anything that happens to come up. And headbutting people. Uh, ooh, that was a good one, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and of course, as I forgot to mention, uh, a series of burps and farts uh, with a podcast discussion happening in the background. That's pretty accurate. Our fi- mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll be able to add some more to our next uh, our next um, compilation of uh, burps and farts. It's growing, by the way, the next one. Excellent. Every episode adds to it. So joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, uh, Michael Whittemore and Shane Smith. Shane, how's everything across the pond? Is it as hot over there as it is over here? It's 34 degrees, and it's fucking hot. Celsius. Yep. Celsius. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I'm wrong. It's actually 25 degrees, but it feels 34. <clears throat> what? That's just slightly above room temperature. It's fucking hot. All right? I think. I don't know, actually. Yeah. And uh, joining us today again is our special guest, Craig Larson. Craig, welcome back to the show. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. Excellent. How, what's the condition of your balls? Are they as sweaty as everyone else's? Yeah, actually, I fucking had to shut my fans off in here so I could hear you guys. So, yeah, it's getting pretty hot. Oh, shit. Yeah, I should apologize to everyone. If, it, if uh, mine sounds odd, it's because my AC is running. Um, and as I told these guys, fuck you and fuck the audience if you think I'm turning this thing off today. It's too hot. Hey, we all had to make sacrifice. My air is off right next to me. Yours should be, too. Oh, I want your balls as vinegary as mine right now. (laughs) Is vinegary? (laughs) Extra vinegary. I guess that's just... You're just talking... What the hell is that? What is that? I heard that, too. I hear it. Who's (laughs) Mike's that coming from? (laughs) All right, I'm going to... Sounds like the Matrix. My uh, headset's kind of cutting out in and out on you guys. Weird. Yeah. I don't know if that's what that was. Right, I'm going to turn, Maybe my, the I'm turn my AC off so I can enjoy the sweat with everyone else. Uh, Ooh. That was a good one. And I'm back. Yep. Nice and quiet. See, now you sound normal. The air conditioner, yeah. for some reason, made you sound, your voice sounded deeper. Shit, I should turn it back on. Maybe I should. Made you sound like you were deep throating a cucumber. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the British term for that? <laughs> you say deep frying a cucumber? Deep throating. Deep throating. <laughs> oh, I he said deep frying. <laughs> Jesus. No, maybe, maybe I'll just have to. Talk like this a little bit. Get my vocal. Now you sound like Ron Perlman. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got enough bullshit and nonsense for for one show. I think. I'm sure we won't have any more. From None. from now on, it'll yeah, be a great discussion. No jokes. No bullshit. Yeah. Right. All right, boys. So what's we should do a podcast like that one time. <laughs> Just no jokes, just, like, just, just right into the movies. Just professional. 
<laughs> Good luck. Like an actual podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, really? That'd be a good change of pace. So, uh, what have you guys been up to? What's going on? Any uh, movies, games, books, or anything you've been watching, reading, listening to? We'll start with Shane. What do you got? Um, I have been listening to lots of retro 80s rock music. <coughs> music. Um, I just recently picked up a load of Motley Crue and Alice Cooper albums. So I've been listening to a lot of that recently. Sweet. Throwbacks. Um, yeah. So early Motley Crue, like Too Fast for Love, Shout of the Devil. Um, it was a Decade of Decadence and uh, Dr. Feelgood. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice Cooper, I've been listening to the album Trash, which is just a classic because it has poison on it. So you can't really go wrong with that. Um, and Billion Dollar Babies. So proper old school, Alice. Yeah. Um, Movie-wise, I have been watching stuff for the podcast, and I've been watching um, some John Carpenter as well. But any day is good for a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, I was going to say, that just sounds like a normal day for you. Yeah, pretty much. Last night we had um, vampires on the horror channel. It was like their premiere, so I had to watch that. Um, I turned Cujo off halfway through because basically I remembered how much I hated the film. <laughs> Wait a um, second, isn't that the one you picked to talk about? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, um, it was. It's been a few years since I've watched it, so it was kind of like rewatching it, and I was just like, oh god. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, other than that, um, Suffering in the Heat. Ziggy has been suffering in the heat. Um, it's get a bit too much for him to the point where I actually filled up a hot water bowl with cold water and wrapped it up in his, um, his bed sheet and left it for him to sleep on. So that's it. You're making your cat sleep on a waterbed? Pretty much, because hmm. it's, it's keeping him cool. I never heard of that technique. That's a good move. Because mm. they say it's not good. Vets say it's not good to give um, like animals an ice cube in the water because it can affect their stomach. Yeah. So the whole idea of like wrapping a cold bottle up in like a blanket or something so the cat can lay on it. It keeps them cool. Hmm. That's a good idea. Awesome. Yeah. Veterinary, yeah, veterinary that, tips for Yeah. Cool. So how about you, Craig? Anything you've been getting into recently? Ah, oh, shit, man. I'm, it's been a good season for popcorn movies, man. I've been to the theater quite a bit the last three or four months. Mm-hmm. With everything that's been coming out. Um, not really, man. It's been hot out. So I've been trying to... Haven't really been inside a whole lot. Been out and about doing a whole lot of shit around here. Live on a big lake, so. Uh, just recently had some cancer removed from my face. Mm. That counts. Nice. Yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> I get, I get the a, job done. Yeah, I'm hoping I get a pretty gnarly scar from it. <laughs> You're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's true. 
Yeah, but other than that, not really, man. I've just been enjoying the weathers least and as much as I can, I guess. Drinking beer, whole lot of that. Sure. Yep, yep, right now, too. Oh. Got one cracked. What do you got going right now? Oh, man, the tall boy of Bush. <laughs> Bush tall boy, sweet. Yep. Yeah, the only problem with tall boys, though, is they get warm as hell real quick in the shit. Yeah, well, listen, that's what that's why they invented the koozie, man. Yeah, I don't think they got the double XL koozies yet, though. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> uh, I've I've seen them at the uh, at certain breweries that sell you know those big old cans like the the big tall ones. They got koozies yeah. that fit those cans. I bet you could squeeze a tall boy in there. That's monster koozie. Yeah, I've seen koozies for whole growlers, like a full glass growler, you know, one half gallon growler koozie. Really? Yeah. I've wow. Seen them around. Technology, man. Got to keep up. Yeah. So how about you, Mike? You been getting into anything recently? Uh, I've had a really stressful week, so I haven't really had much time for anything. I've been on three interviews this week, and each time I had to, you know, get off work, put on a, a tie and a nice shirt and sh- pants and all that shit, and then drive to Midway, hop on a train, go about 40 minutes downtown in the heat, and then battle all kinds of stupid homeless people and try to put a smile on my face after waking up at three in the morning. Um, yeah, but, uh, other than that, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, older school death metal, uh, entombed, uh, uh, suffocation, a lot of that old stuff. Um, a lot of thrash metal as well, like toxic and, uh, what, what was I listening to last night? Zentrix, which is a pretty good eighties, uh, thrash metal band. Have you heard of them? Dude, I used to go to a lot of their gigs when they played, um, in the nineties. That's awesome. I just got into them. I don't know anything about them, really. Um, they used to play. They used to play a venue called the Oval Rock House in Norwich, mm-hmm. and they would play roughly about four or five times a year. And they always put on a good show. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm just. I can't wait to get more into them because the, the first album I was listening to sounded really good. Um, but other than that, I've been. Uh, Ryan, have you ever heard of a comic called uh, Belzebubs? Um. Yeah, I think that's. I want to say it's from IDW, uh, an independent comic line. Um, it's like a black metal band. Yeah, I never read anything of them. I've just seen them advertised on, you know, some of the comic sites and stuff. Well, they just released a single, and they're going to come out with an actual album. And so it's going to be like a black metal version of Death Clock, which I'm excited oh, for. Oh, that is awesome! <laughs> and uh, hold on one second, I'll let my cat out. All right. Well, it's like a like a black metal version of uh, Death Clock, and they uh, they signed up to Century Media Records, and I got uh, one of their limited to five hundred vinyl of the first single, <laughs> so I'm excited for that to come in. So is it and, is it like Death Clock is um, what's that guy's name? Brandon Smalls. Yeah. Is it sort of along that lines? Like, there's one guy that's actually the musician running the thing, or or is it an actual um, band? I I don't know who's doing the like the vocals and the instrumentals and stuff I, all i know is it's produced by uh, dan suano who is like a huge producer in black metal mm-hmm. so it's actually kind of exciting that if you listen to the song forget the name of it but if you listen to the song it's very well produced and like pretty good quality it's not like that uh if you know anything about black metal it's not that like older like 90s horrible sounding uh 
uh, horribly produced metal. It's like very polished and it's it sounds pretty good. So I don't know about the the people who are playing the music, but if it's produced by Dan Swano, it's gonna sound good. And um, uh, I've been watching the occasional movies. I haven't been really sticking to horror too much because I found out on Movie.com, which I signed up for. It's like a Netflix service, but they they only have like thirty movies at a time on there. Mm-hmm. But Edgar Wright, the director, he like kind of partnered up with them in, in a way. And the, he wrote out his 1,000 favorite movies of all time. So there's a list of Edgar Wright's just 1,000 movies that he loves. And I've been trying to go through them, starting at number one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he does it by uh, year. So it starts off with The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and then Nosferatu. And I watched uh, Safety Last, Gold Rush, The General with Buster Keaton and all these mm. non-horror movies, which is super refreshing because I'm kind of horrid. Horrored out after my year of uh, of horror, but uh, I'm still doing the year of horror. I still have until August 13th, but I'm watching the occasional horror movie instead of one every day now. So, so yeah, cool. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Congrats! Yeah, congrats on that. That that had to have been grueling. It was terrible, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was you know the first few months weren't too bad, and I was and around Christmas time, I'm like, wow, this is fucking rough. Uh, especially how busy I've been getting. So maybe I'll attempt it again in the future once I have like a an actual schedule down. But you know, sometimes I wouldn't get home until like nine, ten PM. I would work at four in the morning and it's like, okay, well I gotta watch something and it's just it was terrible. Yeah, you're like forcing yourself and then you're like, All right, let's find something to watch. And you're yeah, maybe something like, oh, sure. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to watch something I've seen before. So now you're digging and you just find some garbage on fucking Amazon Prime and you're like Oh, this is gonna be bad. All right, let's and get I done. I think that's I think that's what killed me because I was watching a lot of Amazon Prime, like most like recent movies, and they were so bad. Yeah. It just like it. I didn't feel like watching anything after that. I watched a couple like like an hour of it. I'm like, I gotta turn this shit off. But I think I'm up to like 321 movies out of 300 and uh, no, I'm up to 371 movies out of 320 days. So I'm still, I'm still going to try to get 400 by August 13th, but Oof. who knows? Are you almost there? Yeah. Yeah, that's a hassle. <laughs> so let's see. Myself, um, I've actually been listening to some, uh, some old Offspring. Uh, I used to love Offspring back in like middle school. And uh, the first three or four albums, I've just been, for whatever reason, have been basically on repeat. And uh, I actually went and tried, like, I hadn't listened to any Offspring in probably, I don't know, 15 years, maybe more than that. So I went and tried tried listening to some of their new stuff. It is so unbearably bad. Really? <laughs> like, the, 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 the last album they just, they put out, I want to say it was in 2014 or something. Um, that one was actually not as bad as the the two that had come before it. Um, I, I don't even have them listed on my thing here because I, f- I forgot. But like, I, I went through the albums and I picked out the songs that I didn't hate. And on like a couple of the albums, there's only four songs that I just, I'm like, oh, these are okay. They're not like terrible. And the rest of the whole album is just fucking garbage. I'm like, oh my God. It's hard to top their early work though. Oh, I mean, they're so like, good. it's like album after album is just pristine. Yeah. I think for me, Smash was my best. Absolutely, Shane. And like, like I went through and picked out, you know, my favorite songs from Smash. It was the whole album I picked. I was like, every one yeah. of these is <laughs> um, Come out and play, uh, 
self-esteem. Yep. The song Smash. Bad Habit. Fucking, yeah. Everything on that album is superb. Genocide? Oh, it's just fucking great. Great. Nitro. Even the intermission. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been listening to that recently while I've been working and stuff and driving in the car, uh, which has been, it's a nice change because it's something I hadn't listened to in, like, decades, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put them back on. So that's been cool. Uh, I also, I'm like about halfway through the second season of Luke Cage on Netflix. And what really got me to, to watch it again was that uh, Elisa wanted to watch it because she read some article that the Jets head coach, Todd Bowles, was in an episode. And she's like, now we have to watch it. <laughs> like, okay, babe. We'll watch Luke Cage for Todd Bowles, the human robot. Um so, but it's actually not too bad. The first season of Luke Cage I had problems with. Like, I loved the first half, and the second half was just awful once they killed off the villain in the second half of the first season. Spoilers. Um, but the uh, this one is doing okay. It's got, a, it's got a slower pace than most Netflix shows, but it's, it's like a decent drama going on, so it that's sort a, of keeps you watching. That's a fucking crawl if it's that, that kind of a pace, then. Because I, I can't really get into the, the Netflix shows, man, except for maybe The Punisher. They're just too damn slow and sloppy in the middle. Dude, even The Punisher, that one drags. There's the, the three-episode stint where he's got the guy naked tied up to a chair. Or at least it felt like three episodes. I'm like, just fucking get on with it. Like, they, they all have that problem. I yeah. think what they need to do is, instead of doing 13 episodes, just cut it down to eight. Seven. Yeah, seven or eight, exactly. Just get a lot of that bullshit out of the way. Uh, I feel like they they have a story and they end up stretching the story to make it go to more episodes and that's a waste of time to me. But I don't know. It's it's okay. I'll I'll struggle through it. We'll see how it goes. So far it's better than the last season of Jessica Jones, so hopefully it keeps up. So yeah, um one thing I wanted to talk about, I forgot to mention it actually on what we were discussing today. There was a trailer that came out this week and I know some of you guys have seen it. I don't know if anyone uh, else has. Uh, did you guys watch the trailer for Mandy? That looks fantastic. That looks very different. Craig, did you happen to see this one? Uh, I, you know, I've seen it posted. I haven't, I haven't got a chance to get around to it and watch it yet, but everybody, that they're talking about it. I was not expecting much because I just, like, I don't know, whatever. It's a new trailer for a movie, but people kept posting it, so I checked it out, and I was like, holy shit, this actually looks good. And it's starring Nicolas Cage. Come on. Now I'm on board. Like, I don't know. Cage looks like the fucking raging psychopath, but it, it doesn't look bad. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of a weird thing when you're talking about Nick Cage movies that you're like, oh, he looked crazy in this one, but the good kind of crazy. He seems like he's been doing like really odd work lately, like odd for him. Yeah. You know, he's just kind of going out there like he did that mom and dad movie. Mm-hmm. And that was that like catered to his insaneness. <laughs> so I don't know. This one, it looked like uh, in, in Mandy trailer, it looked like he was kind of like a calm kind of Nicolas Cage crazy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I sort of like the direction they're going with it, though, that it's like this like sort of weird cult, like maybe there's demons movie. I don't know. It looks awesome. I'm excited for it. Yeah, so. it looks good. Looks uh, like a combination of like uh, what was the void. Yep. And like, uh, what's that other movie, the Spanish movie, Baskin? Oh, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, to me, it looks like a combination of both, and it has that like has like a really retro vibe to it, which I enjoyed. Yeah, hopefully it's a little bit better than the Void. Yeah, I didn't. That one sort of disappointed me. I agree. Oh God damn it, Mike! I am sweating because of you now. Sorry, it bro. So, it was so nice in here. The air conditioning. God damn. Hey, I got an AC four feet away from me. That's off. So. <laughs> yep. I'm staring at it right now. I'm looking. I'm like, oh baby, if I could turn you back on. Are you gonna have sex with an air conditioner? No, I'm gonna nut it in the head or whatever. <laughs> Nutting its fans. <laughs> yeah. Nut it in the face. Nut it in the face. I can't believe that's a threat. <laughs> Nut in the condenser of it, and then it's gonna freeze up. <laughs> There's a slight salty tang in the room, bro. <laughs> well, okay. Now, hopefully, no one like skips the intro and goes right to that part. <laughs> side story. <laughs> this is funny. So, Elisa comes home the other day, and she goes, "Oh, don't you hate when you have to drive by the reservoir on the way back from work?" And I'm like, "I don't know. What are you talking about?" She's like, "Oh, it smells like cum." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, there's some plant over there that smells like cum. And of course, my first question was, how do you know what it smells like? You know, obviously, she wouldn't do anything that involves semen. What if what if she's trying to tell you your cum smells funny? And like, that's yeah, her, her least like awkward way of telling you. <laughs> like well, she's thinking about gonna... it at work all week. She's like, how do I all get week. it to <laughs> You know what? I'll use the reservoir. That'll do it. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. So, um, so yeah, that looked pretty good. Uh, you guys got anything else interesting that you've come across recently? Um, they'd like to uh, discuss any upcoming shit? Uh, there's a movie coming out called Summer of 84. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any of you saw the trailer, but Fright posted it on uh, the forum. And it's like a, it looks like a uh, throwback to an 80s horror film, um, obviously with the title. I think it's got the guy from Mad Men in it, the dude with the glasses. He's in the earlier seasons. Um, he's in it. I was honestly hoping that one of you guys saw it because I don't really remember the trailer. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I did not. I saw the post, but I just didn't get to it. Yeah, but it's got like a like an '80s campy fun feel to it, so it looks pretty cool too. Awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out as soon as we stop doing the podcast. Then I won't discuss it, and no one will hear our thoughts on it. So yeah, for like Sweet. another two three weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so um, let's get to our main topic here, and we sort of just threw this up because it sounds like a good topic, and I think it sort of falls into the the summary theme of. I'll sweat our balls off and talk about some of these movies. We decided to go for killer animals today. Um, and this is probably one of my favorite subgenres. I love some shitty killer animals movies. They crack me up. And the good ones are always great. Uh, the one problem is I th we all pretty much agreed not to talk about Jaws today, which is obviously the best killer animal movie. Yeah. So... Other than Jaws, let's talk about some of the other movies that we enjoy or maybe hate to watch. Uh, Shane, let's start with you. What movie did you pick? For fuck's sake. <laughs> um, right, well, the first movie I chose was uh, Adaptation of Stephen King's Cujo. Mm -hmm. um, directed by Lewis Teague. 
um, starring Dee Wallace, Daniel Hugh Kelly, and Daniel Pintaro. It's basically about a St. Bernard dog, rather cute and adorable, chasing a bunny, gets bitten by a rabies-infected bat, and then loses his marbles and starts chewing people up, in a nutshell. So, um, obviously, that's just the main storyline itself, but the there's other factors in the film as well, like Donna Trenton, played by Dee Wallace, she's having an affair um, with her husband's buddy, and it all she tries to end it, and basically, the husband leaves, she then gets in the car with her son, and then drives up to... Um, this guy's house to try and get the car repaired unbeknownst to her the guy's dead in the house because the dog is eating him pretty much and um basically the dog terrorizes her and her son in the car for the duration of the film so um that pretty much narrows down the storyline <laughs> um i don't know it's, it's i watched this again i watched this again last night i mean i watched it years ago and I liked it. And then I watched it again a few years ago when I bought it on DVD. And then I got to the end of the film and I was like, why did I watch this again? Oh, yeah. Because it was like, I remember reading the story. The story by Stephen King was a hundred times better than the film adaptation, which is always the case with a lot of Stephen King films. And... Um, I'd forgotten how much the little kid <clears throat> screaming irritated the fuck out of me. It really did. There's, there's something about small kids screaming in movies that really grates on me. Shane, was this kid um, more or less annoying than the Babadook kid? He was less annoying. <laughs> With the kid and the Babadook, I wanted him dead within the first 10 minutes. This one, the film starts off and the kid's all right, but it's when he starts screaming in the back of the car, I'm just like, I'll just fucking die already. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, um, I used to be a fan of this movie years ago, but now not so much. Hmm. Now I'm interested to go back to one of our Stephen King shows and see what you said about it. Because I think I remember Did I ever mention it. it. Oh, gonna call out Shane. Oh, you know, I don't know. Like. Maybe he did say he hated it. Who knows? I'm not going back and listening. Someone email in and let me know what Shane <laughs> thought about. Do you know what? I can't even. Do you know? What? It's funny you say that. I don't even remember what we fucking talked about last week. You know, <laughs> the last podcast. So, you know, do what you fucking like. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. No, it's it's fine to change your mind on movies, and I kind of actually like that. I like when you you know you remember something, you're like, oh, this was awesome, and then you watch it again, you're like, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. What the hell was I thinking? Yep. Or well, as I like to say, what a pile of shite. Yeah. I tell you what, Shane, I do agree with you on the book versus the movie. Uh, Cujo the book is like one of my favorites, uh, especially of Stephen King's. You know, it's it's fantastic. There's so much great character development in, like, the whole town. Like, everybody has a story, and all their, you know, things are... Everybody's interacting, and the stories trying to cross over with each other. Uh, and the whole thing's great. And the sort of, you know, the, the rabid dog idea is just sort of in the background, looming over, you know, everything up until the um, the end of the book. Um, 
But the movie, yeah, I mean, you can't put all that shit into one movie. It would just be a complete mess. You know, it would, it would need to be, like, five hours long, which would make no sense. Unless it was a Netflix thing. Actually, that could be a good uh, a good Netflix show. Now I'm thinking about it. Hmm. But, yeah, uh, I think the movie is not nearly as good as the book. But I remember enjoying the movie. I, I like, D, D. Wallace was fucking amazing in it. I think this was one of the movies that cemented her as, like, the mom of the 80s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, um, what do you think about it, Craig? You like this one? You know, this is one of the movies I haven't watched in years. Uh, and to me, I, one thing I have learned when you revisit certain things is sometimes it's best to leave that nostalgia right where it's at because you wind up really hating something that you enjoyed from your past. And, you know, I know uh, Dee Wallace is excellent. You're right about the mother of the 80s thing with her. She was She was the mom of damn near anything. Everything yeah, right. I mean, in the 80s, you know. But, yeah, I mean, um, I, might, I may revisit it, but after hearing this, I probably not. I'll probably leave it. <laughs> you just gonna, <laughs> leave it, leave it where, where it sits. Yeah, stick yeah. with your happy thoughts on it, right? Don't go back. You know, go I, back. Uh, I, I went back and watched Tim Burton's Batman, and I absolutely hate that now. It's oh, terrible. No, don't tell me that. Oh, yeah, man. I'm serious, man. I'm serious. It's, that's a mess. It's been years since I've watched it, man. Don't do it. Uh. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta leave nostalgia where it's at, man. See, I, I I watch that movie occasionally. I still love it, probably because I do have a lot of nostalgia for it. So, like, even the bad parts, it's like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. You know, and this, this is where it's hard because certain some things still hold up over time, and other ones not so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll wow. probably just let that sit. Yeah. How about you, Mike? What do you think about Cujo? Uh, like everyone else said, you know, I haven't seen it in a few years. I think I've watched it only like one time. And I, I remember really liking it, but that was probably like five, six years ago. So yeah. I don't really remember it. All I remember is D. Wallace screaming in a car. So, <laughs> I mean, can we talk about the ending for a split second? Because I feel like that is like the fucking awesomest part. I mean, not awesome as in you know something horrible happens but like the filmmakers actually had some balls and they were like all right this kid he ain't coming back <laughs> like i thought that was fucking that that took a lot of a lot of balls because they don't usually kill kids in horror movies you know it's sort of it's one of those unspoken rules that they're like oh the kid always makes it but in this one you know he's like dying in the back of the car and she loses her shit and i if i remember right he doesn't make it right Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the book I'm thinking of. I don't remember. Fuck. Shane, who did he die in the end? He didn't oh, watch the end. I didn't oh. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna leave it out there and speak as if I have authority on this, and I know. <laughs> That's one of my secret moves. I just act like I know what I'm talking about. Be like, yeah, no, absolutely, he dies. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I like. Well, I- Mike, I like to think that he died. <laughs> <laughs> and if he didn't, someone go back and edit the movie so he does. So yeah, that's Cujo, huh? All right. Now, how about you, Mike? What's one movie that you picked for a killer animal? Um, oh, I actually, do- be- before we do that, I, uh, what do you guys think about the killer animal itself? Like, how terrifying or effective is Cujo as like you know the main antagonist? Like on a scale of one to ten? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are you going to ask a question and have a follow up? Well, I just oh, want to hear thoughts on, on it. Right. 
I'm just looking on IMDb, and the kid doesn't die. Oh, no. <laughs> Completely caught out in the middle of a fucking lie. Great. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Shane. It's all right. So, Shane, what did you think about the animal, Cujo? He was cute. He was he adorable. He was just a fluffy little pup, puppy who just wanted some love. So you think he's not as effective as a terrifying creature of death? No. No. <laughs> I just want to give him a cuddle. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Mike, what was... do you think out of, out of ten, how terrifying is Cujo? Cujo? Like... The dog. If, dude, okay, should I, as like a, a like a person who viewed the movie, or if I was in that situation? I don't um Give me like something. viewing the movie, like okay. like you're watching the movie. How scary was the dog itself? You know, I'm a huge animal lover, so like I just want to like play with the dog because he looks because like in reality that dog didn't know he was in a movie. He just wants to play with these people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, that's one of my favorite parts about uh, killer animal movies yeah. that have like actual animals in them. Yeah. You could tell they're like they're just having a blast, and, but yep. like the music in the background is like dun dun dun, yep. and the animal's like yay. Yep. Um, covered in jelly. I would so I would say the the how scary Cujo is. I would say it's like a, a three or four. But if I was yeah. in that situation where there was like a rabid dog coming at me, I would say like seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Craig? How effective is Cujo the animal? Well, me being a dog person myself, he's a Saint Bernard, right? Yeah. He, uh, he does not really, although they're big, doesn't like strike fear into you how he looks at you but when he wrinkles his t- uh, nose I don't know man I uh big dog I, I'd say maybe a four as far as terrifying <laughs> right he, I mean it, it looks kind of sometimes like he's got ketchup on his face so oh yeah you know they were just covering him whatever they had I, I would love to see the behind the scenes of the dog like eating whatever was he was covered in ketchup or jelly or something <laughs> you're just like this is the best yeah <laughs> it keeps squirting me with jelly <laughs> so yeah that's cool alright yeah I kind of agree he's not that you know not that imposing um, I mean yeah he's a big dog but the fact that he's a Saint Bernard I think like King's idea of using that animal was that when you see one, you're just like, oh, it's like oh, this thing. He's just like a big fluff ball. But, you know, that that was sort of the idea of like, okay, you, you assume he's really nice, but he's rabid and he'll kill you. Um, as opposed to using like, you know, a more angrier looking dog breed like a Shepherd or uh, a Doberman or Rottweiler or something. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, all right. So, Mike, what do you got for one of your movies there? Um, I'll talk about the ghost in the darkness first. Mm-hmm. So I used to watch this movie when I was a kid all the time. Uh, I don't know why, because it scared the hell out of me. But <laughs> when I was like 10, I was like, ah, I want to watch a movie about killer lions. So uh, this movie was marketed as like a super true story. Like everything in this movie happened, you know, 100 uh, percent. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The tagline was something goofy. Oh, it says only the most incredible parts of the story are true. And it stars Val Kilmer and, and Michael Douglas. And it's also got the captain of Titanic himself, Bernard Hill, who's also in the Lord of the Rings movies. And <clears throat> so it, it all revolves around this colonel 
who is an engineer. So he's hired to build a bridge in Africa, and it takes place in 1898. And then when he starts building the bridge, the locals start to die by the hands of two lions that like just go to the big areas of humans and start eating them and killing them. Um, a lot of the people, they like flee the scene, and they, they just say, you know, this bridge is not worth my life. So the lions keep coming and keep killing people. Um, so the thing that, like, like I said, this movie based itself around a true story. And so what this Colonel does is he ends up wanting to hunt these lions because number one, his boss is kind of a dick and he keeps saying, I regret, you know, hiring you. And I just want you to finish the bridge. It's all I care about. I don't care about your life. I don't care about any of these people's lives. And while all this is happening, every single night, you know, lions come and they keep killing these people and dragging them away. Um, so eventually the boss comes there and sees all of the um, the lack of bridge being built. And he's like, what the hell's going on? He's like, well, you know, these lions keep killing people. It's up to like 40 people now that these two lions have killed. 40? Holy shit. Yeah. So the... Um, the boss is like, all right, well, I'm going to bring in this guy. If you can't do it, his name is Remington. So Remington is actually Michael Douglas. He comes with like 10 or 20 natives and he's like this big badass lion hunter and everything. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill these lions in three to four days. No problem. So he comes with like, I think I said he comes with like 10 or 20 people and they all see this lion up close because they want to go hunt it. And they're like, now we're fucking out of here. So all the natives and the people working on the bridge don't think that they're actual lions. They think that they're like the devil itself. They think these lions are pure evil. Um, so the rest of the movie is basically about how, you know, Val Kilmer and uh, Michael Douglas are going to try to get rid of these lions basically and how they hunt them and how they, how they want to kill these lions all while trying to finish a bridge. <laughs> um, I don't want to give too much away because the story is actually pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of gore in it. Like, there's plenty of gore in it. Uh, there's people, they use animatronic lions, and they, they, they show people, like, getting eaten and stuff, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Michael Douglas actually is a producer on this movie, and I heard he was kind of nuts to work with on set because he cast himself as Remington at, like, the last minute, and I guess, like... That is awesome. He cut, like, 45 minutes out of the movie to give himself more screen time. Which was a little uh, a little odd. So, actually, um, w when I was watching this movie when I was a kid, I always heard that the the lions you can actually see the lions at the Field Museum here in Chicago, and I, I went to see them a few years back, and they're like, you know, they look like your normal lions, but I read up on the actual story of what happened. So, in the movie, supposedly, as well in the movie and in real life, the, there was an actual Colonel John Patterson. And he killed the lions, but he he claims that the lions killed 135 people. Oh my god! Yeah. So in recent lions, yeah, two lions. But in recent memory, uh, or I'm sorry, in recent like studies, like uh, the lions maybe only have killed 35 people. So all these researchers are saying that like one lion killed like 11 people, and the other lion killed 24. And That's still a shitload of people. Yeah, because the Ugandan uh, railway company only has records of like 28 victims. So they're saying like the actual John Patterson, Val Kilmer, 
is like really bloating the number to make himself look like some a great hunter. And the researchers actually sample the hair and bones of the real life lions. And it's like one of the lions, only half of its meals came from humans, while the other lion would eat other herbivores. So, but it, what's really crazy and what the movie got right was these lions were actually uh, using teamwork, just two of them, trying to hunt all these humans down. So it's it's never been seen before or since that two lions would team up to kill humans, like big animals, but not humans. So it's it's really like really weird to think about and that's why i wanted to do like this as a killer animal movie because this is like actually based on a true story and everything so yeah in in the movie it's it's uh shown that it's probably not true but in the movie it's shown that the lions were killing just for the sport of it just for the hunt of it ben well i mean you think about how many how many people did get killed do you think they ate all of them i mean that's a lot of people well it says in the movie too they're like why are the lions attacking today when they just attacked yesterday because they they shouldn't be hungry yet at all and uh michael douglas and val kilmer there's a really cool scene where they go into the they find the lion's den and they just see like hundreds of bones around like hundreds of bodies it was pretty badass um you know I, i i like this movie it's uh, it's got a really cool scene where Val Kilmer is um, picturing his wife to come visit with their newborn son. And it's a dream that he has, but you don't know it's a dream. So he sees like his wife at the rail at the uh, like uh, railroad station and you see a line coming like on the left of her and the line comes and jumps on her and he starts eating his wife and then he wakes up. It's like. In most movies, when there's a dream sequence, you can kind of tell. But in this, they just like kind of throw it out there as like a, a scene, which is pretty neat. Uh, there's a lot of good gore. The performances of Michael Douglas and Kilmer are really good. Um, the negatives is that Val Kilmer is supposed to be Irish, and he cannot pull off an Irish accent. Oh, no. So, like, there's some <laughs> scenes where he just sounds like Batman, and the other scenes he just sounds like he's trying to do an Irish accent, which is horrible. And as I said before, Michael Douglas cut out a whole bunch of scenes, so there's some plot holes. And the editing is kind of like questionable at times. It's really weird. But other than that, it's, it's, it's a worthwhile uh, thriller, you know, uh, animal horror movie, I would say. Yeah, like you, I, I probably watched this, like, I don't know, 10, 20 times when I was little, too. Yeah. Uh, I think this was this was one of those movies that HBO basically had on repeat for, like, three or four years. And every time it was on, I would watch it, and I loved it. But I haven't seen it, much like Cujo, in, in a long, long time. Actually, you mentioning this, I uh, I went on Amazon and ordered the DVD. for It was, like, three or four bucks. Like, yeah, yeah, why not? I watched it on Amazon that. Prime. So, I mean, if you guys want to watch it, it's on there. Oh, cool. I think it's I think it holds up because like the last time I saw it when I was like 10 so maybe like 98 or 99 I was watching it and I think it holds up some of the performances are a little like <laughs> a little bad but uh it's it's pretty good nonetheless cool have you guys ever seen this Craig yeah actually I just caught this a couple weeks ago on prime too um I remember when it came out uh you know you got Val Kilmer he's sitting right there right where he was at the top of Hollywood at that point, wasn't he? Around that time, yeah, yeah, I think definitely. This is this just before uh, Doctor Moreau, which I think was his uh, downfall. That yep. was like one of his last ones. That was good, and and Michael Douglas was excellent in it too. But it, it it's a it's a long movie, you know. I mean, but it, it does hold up, and 
and like Mike was saying about the plot holes in there, with as long of a movie it is, it was probably a three, four hour movie before oh, you know. Um, yeah, I, I liked it though. It is. It's got lots of blood in it for sure. Now, is this is this really like a horror movie? Because I'm I don't remember. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it, but. It, are the horror aspects really there? Are they like up front, or is it more? I remember there was a lot of stuff about getting the bridge built and well, they're, dealing with the locals and stuff. I would say it's more of like, yeah, I would say it's a horror movie. It's kind of like, sort of like a slasher movie. It just deals with lions because hmm. you know there's more of lions killing people than there is with bridge building. So there's a yeah. lot of tense uh, scenes in it where these people, you know, they're like sleeping in like. Uh, beds and everything in like a hospital and all these people are huddled together and you just you just like scene after scene of these lions coming in and just fucking ripping people apart so okay, I mean I had to move the hospital. yeah and then uh, there's a scene where Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer are in the old hospital and they put like blood and, and meat around it and they're trying to lure the lions into it and there's like it's, it's kind of like an elongated scene where they're just waiting for the lions and you see shadows in the background it's like it's like straight out of a horror movie Cool. How about you, Shane? You ever seen this one? I haven't, actually. And it's like 22 wow. years old, and I've never seen it. So. It actually won an Oscar for uh, Best Effects. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait till the, like I said, I ordered that DVD. It's coming in the mail probably like tomorrow or the day after. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, let me know how well you just think of it. Because when I, yeah, I, just because it's been so long. I'm like, oh, this is going to be, when you mentioned it, I was like, holy shit, that's the movie with the lions. <laughs> and the lions don't look as terrifying in person than they do uh, in the movie. Like in the movie, they have like these big manes and maybe they, they did have manes. Maybe they fell off or something. But the ones in the museum just look like straight up like normal. Like they look like female lions. So oh, I don't know I anything thought, about I thought it lions was one male anything, and but... one female. Are you saying it was two males? In the movie, it looks like two males. Oh. Because they both have manes. And I think only the males have manes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's two two males. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm pumped about that. I can't wait to see it again. So how, in terms of the killer animal again, how effective was the animal as being terrifying? Um, well, like I said, when I watched, I was like 10 and I was like, what the fuck? These like lions are capable of that. <laughs> so, 30 people, 40 people. <laughs> yeah. So I would say just because it's also based on a true story and the fact that, you know, these lions are exhibiting these unusual behavior, I would say, I would say like a 10 nice. out of, you know, killer animals being, it's not like a monster or anything. They're just normal, you know, nature. So. Yeah, I mean, they say in like in terms of human evolution that the lion was the only animal that was like actively stalking humans, you know, back when, you know, humans were just coming up out of the out of the bush and stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they're probably the only ones capable of taking out a shitload of us, which is awesome. And that's what in real life, that's why researchers are thinking that these two lions were teaming up. Because there's so many people in one area working on that railroad yeah. that they they thought the lions were actually doing that because they considered us like big prey because there's a lot of us. Yep. How about you, Craig? What do you think about the lions in this? I mean, I know it's been a while, but oh, um, oh, you just watched it recently, of, yeah. Like as right. far as yeah, yeah, as, as far as killer animals go, that, um, they're real, you know, and and I would not want to come face to face with a lion. They're they're the jaws of land, you know, and if it's killer animals, can't get much more deadlier than that on land. Hell yeah. It's it's up there. Nine, ten. Nice. 
All right, cool. Sweet. So what do you got for one of your picks there, Craig? Um, well, I, I watched, I was going to f- grab the original Prana, but I couldn't find that. But I got Prana 3D. Yes. Uh, uh, Alexander Aha. Okay, um, actually, I gotta ask you. you know, I I mean, gotta, uh, not that you know this, but I gotta ask because I know I gotta talk about it soon. I, is that how you say his name? Because <laughs> I don't uh, know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I, I. I really don't. I just. I. I guess I say it how I read it. Yeah. Right. We're just gonna assume that's how it goes. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. Well, you know this. This movie's got a pretty, pretty good cast of. Uh, older stars. It's got Richard Dreyfus making a cameo from you know, and this is the Piranha was like Gorman's answer to Jaws, wasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, to have Richard Dreyfus come in with that opening scene cameo with the little boat. Um, but let me get back to to what it's about. Yeah, uh, it it's in uh, it's on spring break, and there's a. Uh, Shit, man. Hold on a second. Uh-oh. Craig drops his beer. I know it. <laughs> pretty close. Um, pretty close. <laughs> it, you know, yeah, pretty close, yeah. Uh, shit, man, I'm drunk. <laughs> My bad, <guys. laughs> I mean, I'm, having, I'm having a complete brain fart right now. Okay, I'll, I'll, run, I'll run what I know about the movie, if I remember right. I think this was the one where the piranha were, like, frozen in some prehistoric crevice and they broke out. Is that what happens yeah. in the remake? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's exactly what happens. They're a 50,000-year-old species or something. 50-million-year-old species of yeah, prehistoric right. piranha. Um, well, anyways, the crack comes up the fissure, and it happens to be right smack in spring break, which... Instead of five thousand people in their town, it fills up. If you guys have been to any any spring break town, Mike has. I haven't. Um, Mike, tell us your stories of spring break. I I never like took my shirt off and like flung my titties around or anything. But I... <laughs> how many times did you have to nut a man in the face? <laughs> <laughs> I would only nut piranhas in the face. Uh. But yeah, it's basically just spring break titties hijinks going on for like I would say the majority of the film. Like this is one of those movies that the plot is pretty minimal, right? Yeah, all right, man. Let me let me, I guess let me go back and clarify when when we picked this we discussed this subject, the topic that we were gonna do. You know, at first I had asked you, I was like, you know, what um because I was kinda terrified at first now that I think about it, because I looked through my collection and I own shit for killer animals Uh oh but anyways i I happen to own no i own the piranha and i watched it but you know this the topic i started thinking about it you know and i asked about the hybrid animals and where we could go with it because you can subcategorize um this genre in general for this subgenre for killer animals and um you know you said no jaws so i'm looking through this shit i'm like what do i got going on here and to me the this first piranha it has bits and pieces that I like. Um, the, it seems like they struggle to find the, the tone and what they're going for. They try to be campy, and it has really great gore in it, but I can't 
get into uh, it's got really great gore and some really shitty CG for the budget that they got in this shit. Yeah, that's um, funny. Ving right. Uh, Ving Rames is in it. You know, they got a lot of lower uh, or older actresses. Elizabeth Shue, gorgeous, playing the sheriff. Um, Jerry O'Connell playing the sleazy, like in like uh, the sleazy ass girls gone wild. It's your typical spring break movie with that. Yeah, with the piranha thrown in. You know, mass chaos ensues. It has one of the best scenes I've ever seen, though, in that movie is when Ving Rhames is running out of bullets, grabs <laughs> the old fucking motor, big, big old Ving Rhames, puts that motor in the in the water and just starts chopping the piranhas up. I mean, there is some fun to this movie, but I I don't know. It, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Really? And, but it is. A, yeah, I, I do, man, because um, I watched my... The other movie I watched was the sequel to it, which is way better. <laughs> um, Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> You're telling me you liked Piranha, what is it, Double D? Yeah. Double D. D. Oh, yes. Hell Get yes. The hell out way here. better. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. Now, that's a discussion yeah. in itself. Uh, no, no, let me see. I, I guess I kind of got tongue-tied earlier because with Alexander Aha, you know, he was – a hyped up, this hyped up massive French director, you know, from High Tension, and and I do like the Hills Have Eyes remake, and I like Mirrors. I, I couldn't really get into High Tension; it's a little too arty for me. And then he comes out with this, <laughs> and you know, this is some real lowbrow shit, and it, it's like they they didn't try in parts of it compared to the second one. And like I said earlier, this movie kind of struggled to find its tone and where it was going. Yeah. And the balance with the campiness and fucking Double Deagle's all out. Yeah, right. on that's, all of it. That's it knows sure. right what kind of movie it is. And it's fucking way more fun. And it's got some returning characters and cameos. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of why I, I was tongue-tied earlier. Because I was like, I ah, don't I really want to talk about this shit. <laughs> all right. <can> <laughs> Let's let's bring up the the elephant in the room, and I believe that's Jerry O'Connell's penis. Let's, oh, that is talking about the yeah, penis that's funny. Scene. <laughs> it doesn't get it do, uh, what I love is like you mentioned, uh, Alexander uh, Aha doing the you know he he has these like classy art films, and it's like he's you know he he does a real good job of taking things seriously, and you know actually making like a, a lot of tension and good stuff. And then he's got a movie where Jerry O'Connell's penis gets bit off and it's floating in 3d. Like, like swarming my penis, around. my penis. <laughs> it is absolutely you know, hysterical. It, it, you know, the, there are some good parts about this movie. Some of the casting is spot on. Jerry O'Connell is one of them douchebags in this movie that you're like, that's what that asshole deserves. And you laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the, the gore is good in it, in, in scenes. But yeah, that's, you know, and then of course the pecker drops and it floats and sways to the bottom. And you got that one last front and it comes up and gobbles it up. <laughs> you know, the ending extends on this shot right there. There's your art house aha. Yeah, that's so, what I, I absolutely love that. I feel like he's like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to go full penis on this one. We're not even going to half ass it. Like, it's just going to be. That's going to be like our biggest CGI expense is going to be making this penis. <laughs> For real. And it shows in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's awesome. No, I, I think, I think this, this movie is pretty, it's hysterical. Like he took, I mean the original, you know, it was a Corman movie, right? So Corman's like 
no budget. Yeah, yeah. They're just going to make this Jaws ripoff. Underwater things are big now. It's going to be, a, instead of a big shark, it's going to be a shitload of piranha. And, you know, he has a good time making the uh, yep. making the original. And the plot of the original, I mean, I'm sure it's going to come up more as we talk killer animal movies. But it's just Jaws. It's the same plot as Jaws. There's, like, the guy, we can't shut the beach down. We're making too much money. And then there's the guy, like, you have to shut it down. <laughs> um... But it's the exact same thing. It happens in, like, almost every killer animal movie. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to cover uh, one of them, essentially, as one of my favorite Jaws ripoff movies. But it started as that. And this new one is, is a, they have elements of that. But I feel like this movie's all about the spectacle. It's all just like, no, we're just going to make a bunch of crazy bullshit. You know, we're going to have Richard Dreyfus in there on the boat getting killed. And we're going to have Ving Rhames holding up the fucking, the, um, the boat motor just chopping a piranha, which is awesome. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Well, I think you know, this, one, this is one of those movies I think is like a, just a shitload of fun. It's just, it's a blast. I had such a good time watching this movie and I wasn't expecting it. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, when you see Alexander Aha, you're like, oh, this is good. He's going to try to like artsy up the piranha idea. And he does not. <laughs> he absolutely goes full yeah. blast. You know, the movie is loaded with cameos too. Christopher Lloyd has a, Nice part in it, nice size part. Eli Roth, the old douchey, uh, he's the, he's the douchey MC that's out on the beach party. I don't think Eli that's Roth a good knew kill he was there, in a though. movie. I think that was just actually Eli Roth <laughs> they caught filming. I don't know. Gets his head smashed open. I yeah. think the best cameo. The I think the best cameo is the porn star Jana Michaels parasailing. Oh my god! I forgot oh, yeah. that part. Because you know I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of her non horror work, right? So mm-hmm. so her, uh, so when I saw her in this, I'm like, oh, that's awesome! And then she they they pull up and it's just a like a just the torso is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you see this one, Shane? Yeah, it was a few years back, but I remember it being quite funny. Yeah, I think this is one of those movies that like you're just out to have fun with it. You know, it's it's not. I think one of my be... favorite one of my favorite scenes in it was when um, after the piranhas have attacked um, on the beachfront and they're bringing the victims out of the water, and there's the guy, the two guys carrying the women or the woman, and as they walk up, her body just splits in half. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good uh, practical effects in this, like a lot yeah. of good. But as, hero. Yeah, but as, as Craig said, I mean, there's also a lot of really shitty CGI in here. So it's like, That's it's, true. It's, it's got that really, it's got a weird balance. I think this is one movie that it's actually, it's the 3D gimmick has detrimented the movie itself. Like, yeah. I didn't watch, I didn't watch this in 3D. Did any of you guys see it in the theater or anything? No. I saw it in the theater. No, I, no. I watch it in 3D. Now, how was the 3D back then? See, I have glasses, so I, I never really oh, enjoyed so it. Oh, so it fucks you up, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I tried getting into the 3D thing, but I couldn't. And I, you know, I, I hate I, 3D I, movies. Yeah, it messes with my head. I get a headache every time I watch a 3D film. The only one I didn't was Avatar. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I didn't either. I think it's because they really use the 3D elements very well. And this yeah. just being, you know, that had a budget up the ass. And this was just like a fucking 
killer piranha horror movie so they didn't really <laughs> penis is getting eaten gobbled up and everything it's not <laughs> i would love to know how much the penis scene cost like in comparison to like an av- an average avatar scene like what is that <laughs> what does that work up to how close are we there yeah yeah that's it i don't know i do want to get on this craig because this blows my mind like listen i watched piranha double d and I thought it was hysterical, but I mean, in terms of it actually being a movie, I don't even know that it qualifies as much as the first one. <laughs> so you guys liked it. I, I hated it. Double D. I, I hated I'm going to tell you what, man. It's it, it was way more fun, and you know the budget they had, they had the CG was bad in parts, but not near as bad. Uh, they still had a great FX crew on it. The cast was better. I mean, it, you had Gary Busey in an opening scene in this one. <laughs> Wait this a second. crazy Gary you Busey. You cannot say the cast is better and then go to Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, my God. That's, that's the thing I like. See, that's the thing I liked about this one better is, A, it felt more like an 80s camp horror movie to me. And I'm more into, I mean, I mean there's better gore in it. Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought it was more fun. I like, I like my shit more fun. Then, and I'm not trying to compare it with funness on that. You guys are fucking getting me tongue-tied right now, motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm just fucking tongue-tied right now. Um, no, as as far as the the over, they let me go. All right, let me start again. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Let me get composed here, fellas. Now, they they knew what they were going for for the tone right off the get on this one. Yeah, I absolutely compared agree with to, that. Compared to the other one. The other one felt like it didn't know where it wanted to go as far as the campiness aspect to it. Or if we want to keep the story more on a straight line. Where with this one, they knew right away it was going to be more over the top. And, I mean, come on, man. You got, to me, as far as the fun aspect that makes it better, you got fish swimming up vaginas. You got <laughs> dicks getting bit off. Um, you know, and it, it, and it is a direct sequel to that too, which, which is, I, it's rare when you get a sequel that I think surpasses that. And I mean, you guys fucking, I don't know, man, you're tongue tied again <laughs> and it's not, uh, fucking I'm not, so I, I like this movie, but I liked it more so as a, this was what I consider this as the biggest budget sci-fi channel movie ever made. <laughs> Like it's it's obviously yeah. there's way more there's way more gore there's more effects there's you know swearing and all kinds of shit you're not gonna have in a sci-fi movie but to me it honestly felt like that like it was filmed in one tiny location at a water park you know with with uh, they they and then they just have the piranha come in on the water park and it's a funny idea but I feel like I've seen this type of movie on like the Sci-Fi Channel two or three times. Um, it's funny it was I, I enjoyed it. This is one of those movies that like. I watched both one and two um, with, with friends that, like coming over, and everybody like had a great time on one. And on two, I felt like I was the only one laughing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I just like the plot for two. Like in the first one, it's like the ocean, and everyone's like, it's understandable there are all these piranha coming from. And the second one, I if, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just a pool, and it's, it's, a, it's a water. Yeah, park. they run. They they run it. Yeah, they run it into. The, there's a crevice. They, there's a crack, and they run the pole into it, and they're so they have free water from it because it's an underground well, 
where the piranhas are from underneath the lake that they were just in. Okay. Yeah. See, like what I had a problem with it when I first watched it was like, it doesn't take an hour to get out of a water park. Like in the ocean <laughs> and like leave, giant, yeah, it's giant beach. Yeah, I understand. But it's just like, it felt like the second one, it took them longer to get out of the, the water at a water park, which is like five feet away, saying you're it, in the middle of the pool, than it is to get out of the fucking yeah, ocean. Well, yeah, it was like an, they had like adult uh, adult areas in this water park at the same time with kids running around in it too, which was fucked up. By <laughs> like, the way, let's not, let's not try to get logical on a movie about piranhas. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but that's what bugs me the most. I'm like, <laughs> that's what, man, that's a bug. You know what? This movie doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write Gary this down for review. <laughs> It's about David Hasselhoff showing up as David Hasselhoff to fight piranhas. <laughs> I gotta watch it again. <laughs> you know, the, the, the cast in this is, they got like Dave Keckner in it, um, which is, he's playing Dave Keckner like he does in everything, except for yeah, Cheap right. Girls. Um, in the director, it's from the guy from Feast, who directed Feast, Clue, uh, John Gallagher, Gulliger, yeah. and, uh, and of course Clue's his dad, son, Kate, right? Clue. Yeah, and include cameos in the beginning with Gary Busey too. Um, his dad from Return of the Living Dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shane, have you seen Have you seen this sequel? Have you seen this one? I think Shane's gone. No, I've, I've, I'm still here. I didn't even hear you say Shane's name. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Shane. Shane, have you seen this one? What? Piranha three, three D. Double D. Double D. Um, I can't remember if I have or not. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Gary Busey and David Hasselhoff fighting Piranha? No. <laughs> you would remember that. Yeah, you would definitely remember that. That's Gary Busey. Is he crazy as he in this? Uh, he in real life? <laughs> Oh, I think they I'd say him, so. I think they toned him down in this movie. I mean, in real life, he's like way crazier than any role he's ever played. I think. You met him. Mm. He's a maniac. Yeah, Absolutely. my buddy calls his mom Gary Busey because she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I called my mom Gary Busey, she would punch me in the face. <laughs> and every time she calls his phone, you just see a big picture of Gary Busey, like he's calling. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Craig is right in that Double D knows it is a no nonsense, almost like it's comedy. Like you know what I mean? They're they're out for having a hundred percent bullshit, crazy fun. Where uh, I think he's right. The first one was trying to lean more into the horror, the horror aspect, and a little bit satire. But the second one is there's no, they're not even pretending that they're like trying to make this a uh, a reasonable horror movie. Ooh, that was a good one. That Thanks, was better like, than what I said. That came back from, like, God. Holy shit. <laughs> it's much better than anything I said. <laughs> <laughs> that burp? <laughs> yeah. Please go now, on. I'm telling you what, man. Just stop. Just stop. Fuck me. I thought I was going to be ready on this topic, but like I said, I went through my shit, and I'm like, fuck. All right. uh, You're better prepared than, uh, than Count Orlock. Oh, no, yeah. not even. Not not We're this not time. Gonna... This is total fucking dropping the ball. <laughs> totally. Nah, you're good, dude. 
Listen, we're here for your opinions. That's all we need. Craig, we have a compilation. Craig, we have a compilation of burps and farts. We don't take this seriously. <laughs> you can you can be passed out, blackout drunk, and we you'd still be a better guest than a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like fuck that, you. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've done entire episodes where Shane did zero research. <laughs> oh, yeah. Showed up. <laughs> All right, well, let's go. We'll, we'll get a little back on track. So how do you guys think about Piranha themselves as the uh, as the killer animal? What do you think, Mike? Um, you know, if it's if a prehistoric fish came back after 50 million years and was killing people, I'd say it's that's a solid eight. Like the whole underwater aspect, you know what I mean? Like you're swimming in there, and you don't know what's down below you. I think I think that always adds to it. Like you touch something that's either slimy or weird, and you're like, ah, what the fuck was that? That's why I don't I mean, go in the ocean. I've stuck my oh. feet in the ocean, but that's about as far as I'm getting. Yeah, because it'll definitely kill you, without yeah. doubt. Everything I've known from horror movies that is that that's all the ocean is for, is killing people. That's your professional knowledge. Yes, obviously. <laughs> so... Yeah, I th- I think the I don't think they're as um, terrifying as like a shark or something because in my mind like right a shark bites you that's fucking it dude you're done I feel like you could get away you know with like you know twenty or thirty piranha bites and still be like oh I'm okay <laughs> so I think it's probably not as terrifying as something like a shark but I don't know what do you think Craig do you agree with me or uh, do you think the piranhas are the top of the food chain? Uh, maybe in the Amazon, uh, next to the uh, anacondas and the gators. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, they're they're pet. They, they swarm, man. They're they're uh they're probably a high, higher up there for me. You know, if, especially if you get mobbed by about fifty or a hundred of them. Sure. Like, like in the old cartoons where they just run around and leave nothing but bone, <laughs> like a saw. Yep. Um, I, I'd say probably a six or seven. Yeah. What do you think, Shane? Have you ever been in the water? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I picture Shane as somebody that's like never actually been a, a, like further in than waist deep. You know, the last time I went in the sea, I would have been about ten years old. Oh my god! And then somebody, I think it was my brother, decided to run and jump at me and try to drown me. So um, ever since then, I've not been in the ocean. Can't see why. So what do you think about the piranha themselves? Uh, I'd definitely say they're about a seven. Um, I don't like them. I don't like piranhas. I'm going to save that. It's like its it's own outtake. I don't like them. (laughs) I don't like piranhas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. All right. Let me get to um, my first pick. Now, I mentioned the the Jaws ripoff movie as sort of one of my favorite. It's like its own sub its own subgenre in horror movies is the Jaws ripoff because there's just like a billion of them. And I had my choice. I decided to choose my favorite Jaws ripoff, which is 1976's Grizzly, uh, directed by William Girdler, who has directed Three on a Meat Hook, Asylum of Satan, Day of the Animals, which is another great killer animal movie, and The Manitou, which is one of the most fucking ridiculous movies about, like, 
a, in, uh, Native American shaman ghost that, like, a woman has to fight with laser beams in a hospital and fax machines. It's so fucking weird. Normal anyway, stuff. Yeah, right. This movie, Grizzly, uh, stars Christopher George, uh, who plays Chief Brody. I mean, maybe not. That's his actual name in the movie, but it's basically Chief Brody. Um, and you'll know Christopher George from pretty much every fucking 70s movie ever. Um, he's in a ton of stuff. Uh, but horror fans will know mostly from pieces as like one of the, de- the detectives. Um, but so he plays Brody and there's a grizzly that's stalking the woods of this national park, killing people. And uh, he's out to stop it from happening. Um, there's a Brody in this movie. There's a Hooper in this movie and there's a Quint in this movie. Like there's like the helicopter pilot. That's Quint. There's the scientist. That's Hooper. Uh, Hooper obviously gets it. And, um, He's the one that's providing all of the bear information. He, he's the guy that knows all the facts about grizzly bears and how they hunt and where to find them and whatnot. They send out a team of local yahoos that goes out to try to hunt the grizzly, and of course it ends up with a bunch of them being killed. Um, the movie's got great special effects. There's It's, all, it's in the 70s, right? So it's all classic um, practical effects. Arms getting ripped off, faces getting gouged, blood just fucking everywhere. And, um, it, it, I mean, I could describe the plot to you guys, but if I just told you the plot was Jaws itself, that's all you need to know. You know, there's the guy that wants to keep the park open, and the 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 forest ranger that's like, we need to go out and stop this grizzly bear from killing people. It even ends with, like, an awesome explosion blowing up the grizzly itself. Uh, there's There's great animal action like animal like they have a, a real grizzly bear like shaking down this forest ranger's tower and tearing people up i don't know it is a fucking blast and um if you're in if you're like you like jaws but you want to see it on land this is the movie for you so that's my recommendation on grizzly itself has anybody seen this one i have what did you think of Grizzly, Mike? Um, I liked it. Like you said, it's kind of like Jaws, but on land. And they actually, Did they get an actual bear for this? Because that bear looked insane. They oh, used yeah. Two. It was a real... I was just looking at it on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it from, I think, I don't know when I watched this, but it was in my 365 days. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, it's, you know, like you said, that explosion. <laughs> I was like, it's what the fuck? fuck? Like... I, this is a complete spoiler, but I love it so much. Like, the uh, the Brody character, they're fighting off the bear, and the bear kills one of the guys, and he's like, oh, no, and he's scrambling around. It's just like the end of Jaws. Like, he's trying to get, so, you know, some footing or something to get an advantage on the bear, and he, he grabs the rocket launcher. <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> it's a huge grizzly bear. Like, it stands up on his feet. I The only thing I regret is that there's not a one-liner I was, like, so expecting him to be like, smile, you son of a bitch, and then, like, blows him <laughs> up, but he doesn't. That was the only thing. But the uh, the explosion's amazing, and, like, what I love, too, is that, like, even after that happens, the credits are rolling, and it's just, like, love song playing, yep. and there's, like, a smoldering bear carcass. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a sequel. Um, it was partially no, from... Not. Um, completely during the early 1980s, but never released, titled Grizzly 2, The Concert, but also oh unofficially known as Grizzly 2, The Predator, a film never got completely, fi- uh, never got completed, um, never released in a theaters or home video and DVD, but a work print of it has surfaced on the internet. 
Holy shit. I'm going to look into this, Shane. <laughs> You've sold me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I like this movie a lot. I think it's... it's Again, it's sort of a dumb movie, but listen, we're out here talking about animals killing people. Uh, anybody else seen this one? No. Silence. You bastards. <laughs> no, this is worth checking out if you guys come across it. It's it's a fun movie. Um, what did you think of the bear itself in this, Mike? Was it as terrifying as it should have been? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a 70s bear movie, and they used a bear. It's like, <laughs> you know, what else are you going to do? Else, what else do you want, right? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I don't. Th- they sort of gave a like half-assed explanation as to why this grizzly was killing everything, uh, and they were like, "Oh, this is whatever they called it a fifteen a fifteen foot gri- oh no eighteen eighteen foot grizzly," and uh, be the guy's like, "Well, that's impossible. We haven't seen anything that big since the Cretaceous period or something." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Well, maybe this one survived," and that was all. They, that was it. <laughs> that's so stupid. Um, there's a couple great scenes in it. One of my favorite scenes is, um, there's a bunch of hunters, right? And they, there's like a bear comes into their camp in the middle of the night and they wake up and it's a baby bear. And they're like, oh, it's the baby. Oh, we found it. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll capture it. We'll string it up. And then the mama will come trying to get the bear back and we'll kill her. That's going to be it. We're going to save the day. (laughs) So they got this baby strung up and they have it like, you know, tied around a tree or something. It's a little cute baby there. And um, the grizzly shows up and it like kills one of the guys and then it fucking kills the baby. And they're like, oh, I guess it's not the mama. Yeah, it's a, it it's didn't a care. Bear. It didn't care at all about that baby. <laughs> uh, again, killing kids in the movie is not usual. Killing baby bears is also not usual in a movie. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'd say check check this one out if you get a chance. Um, all right, guys. So uh, what else we got? Any other uh, ideas here, Mike? You got another one for us? Yes, I uh, watched Black Sheep. Yep. I don't know if any of you guys have seen Black Sheep. Yeah. Sure. Chris oh. Farley, David Spade. Oh yeah, that one. In the woods. <laughs> um, no, this is actually a zombie sheep movie. Uh, made in two thousand and six. Uh, let's see who directed this. Jonathan King directed this. Who? What else did he do? <laughs> All right, nothing. So nothing. Yeah, he's done movies. <laughs> he he's done movies, but I haven't seen him. Under the Mountain in reality, I don't know. Um, but this is a pretty simple movie. Um, the movie begins with a backstory of two kids on a farm. One has a leg brace. His name is Angus, and the other is helping his father herd sheep. Uh, his name is Henry. Uh, the kid in the leg brace gets jealous of his other brother because he can like run around and do shit that he can't. So he slaughters the other brother's pet sheep, Dudley. So when the other kid gets home, his brother's wearing the sheep's fur and skin, and he scares his brother. He like comes out of the shadows, and he's wearing this fucking uh, psychopath, psychopathic kid is just like running around with sheep skin. And he's covered in blood, and he's scaring his little brother. Um, in the same scene, uh, the like kind of like not the maid, but like. Kind of like a caretaker in a way. They're like, oh, yeah, your father died. He fell off a cliff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is a comedy, by the way, so it's meant to be like ludicrous. Um, So the movie pretty much takes place uh, 15 years later. And the smaller brother, Henry, he's coming back to the the farm for the first time. And he's got terrible anxiety of, of sheep and he fears sheep. 
Um, his brother really fucked him up when he was a kid. So he lives in the city, decides to go back to the old farm, and he finds out his brother is still the, is now the owner of the farm, and he's going to sell it. Um, and he's also doing genetic um, testing on sheep to like create the, like the perfect sheep. So there's a whole bunch of genetic scientists uh, roaming around, and there's a a slight side story of two hippies who stumble upon the farm, and they're like, "We're going to stop this. We're going to stop this." Uh, this terrible uh, thing against sheep and we need to free these sheep. And one of them is named Grant and he's like a stereotypical hippie and his quote-unquote girlfriend, her her name is Experience. And uh, Experience. Yeah, so the the guy, the, the male hippie, he runs over to the genetic scientist and he steals one of the, the, the containers of genetic material and he runs back to her. And he's uh, running in the forest and he trips and and it, it opens, and you see a sheep fetus, and it's, like, alive. So he trips, and it falls, and it falls on the ground. And the fetus, like, crawls up on his back, and he bites him. And throughout the movie, he's slowly turning into, a like, a, a were-sheep. Like, this giant, <laughs> amazing-looking zombie sheep. And the fetus also gets to the local herd of sheep and starts biting one and that one bites two and that two bites four and, and so on and you have this entire farm of zombie sheep that has the taste of human blood and for the rest of the film the, the sheep are are attacking the farm people uh, when they bite them they slowly turn into sheep themselves and um the uh henry the younger brother and uh with the help of the other hippie experience try to find a way to stop the sheep from killing people so I, I watched this movie when I was younger. It came out in 2006, so I was about 18, and I watched it right when it came out. And uh, I loved this movie at the time. And it still holds up, like, way better than I thought it would. Uh, the the practical effects in this movie, I don't even think there was any CGI. Maybe the only scene of CGI is you see, like, thousands of sheep coming across, like, this hill. Like, kind of go attack all these people. Um, yeah, it's like, a Lord, it's like a Lord of the Rings thing. And it's, like, it's just like a sport. It's funny that you mentioned that because... What? The way to workshop. The yeah, the special effects. Yeah, the effects team who worked on this movie, they also did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Because this movie is from New Zealand. So, uh, yeah, there, this this movie is chock full of practical effects. You have everything you would ever want to see in a horror movie, but with sheep. And as you mentioned it before, <laughs> like, you see all these, like, innocent sheep wanting to, like, just eat grass or whatever the hell they eat all day. But you get these close-ups of them, and you hear, like, this menacing music. And they put, like, all this, like... Yeah, they put all this, like, fake blood all over their face and everything. And they're, like, eating people and eating, like, uh, different, like, animals and stuff. And it's just, like, you see them, like, uh, pulling guts out of people. And it's just, like, pure practical effects. And it's it's done so well. <laughs> and the, the brilliant part about this movie is actually the story. So this guy has a phobia of sheep. And in one scene, they're like, well, you know, what's wrong with you? He's like, I have a phobia of sheep, of a fear of one day this thing exactly will happen. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, and yeah, the, the shots. opening scene when he comes in, the car's surrounded by sheep. He's oh yeah, that massive panic attack. Yeah, and the the taxi driver's like, "You want me to open a window?" He's like, "No." He's like, "Close the window." <laughs> but yeah, these, these the shots 
themselves of like there's so many shots of these sheep just being sheep but in the context of them having blood on their face and they're like eating behind an actor who's on the ground it looks like they're eating the people it's just brilliant um one of the my favorite memorable scenes uh in the in the movie uh, where the hell did it go there it is. Uh, I got two memorable scenes in this movie. If you, if you, if the listener doesn't mind spoilers, but it's hysterical. Um, one of the hippies fully turns into a giant were sheep, and they stumble across it in a barn. And it's it's like the hip, it's like the experience is like boyfriend, not boyfriend type thing. And she just tries to distract him while they escape. So, so she's like, Grant, why is there blood on your face? Have you been eating meat? And she's like, is it even organic? <laughs> <laughs> and then the zombie sheep just stands there for a second. And um, the other great scene that if you guys for some reason don't want to watch the movie or something, just YouTube this one scene if it is on there. But these sheep like I was saying before, they come over a hill and they stumble upon the owner of the farm and he's giving like this presentation on how he's bred and genetic genetically modified this perfect sheep. Oh, the perfect sheep. Yeah. Oh my God. So all these sheep come and there's like <laughs> dozens of people there for this like presentation and these sheep just massacre these people. <laughs> and it's a great scene that I would never in a million years think I would see of these sheep just, just brutally eating all these people. And you got... People, uh, they're them like tearing out people's throats and guts, and this this one sheep tears off this guy's jaw, so you just see his top of his teeth and everything. And he's like, "Help me!" <laughs> and uh, it's just it's it's a brilliant. The practical effects in this movie are fantastic. So yeah, I would, and it it, it would never got boring to me. Like even just watching it again and knowing what will happen, it never got boring because it's the uh, pacing in this is phenomenal it's like the perfect amount of time it gave you a perfect amount it got a great build up it's just it's just awesome yeah uh, this movie i think fits right in along with um something like which is i guess this is just the way the uh the comedy is i guess in, in new zealand with like a peter jackson movie, oh yeah you know what i mean like you know bad taste dead alive like it is exactly like that type of movie like it's all bullshit and nonsense and you're fucking laughing your ass off and it's just the goriest shit on screen you've ever seen in your life. Yep. Uh, I, I was so excited when this came out because I'm like, oh, this guy's like the second Peter Jackson, only he's not going to go to Hollywood and make Lord of the Rings. We're going to get more of these incredible, you know, crazy gore fests and it never came to be after that, basically. Yeah, I don't know what Unless happened. I'm missing something. I haven't seen his other movies, so maybe he did something similar to that, but he's only directed two movies since then, so I don't know. Jeez. Yeah, this one this one is great. It's it's such a good time. I love this movie. I actually this is one of the first movies I showed uh Elisa when we were starting to date because she's she's a veterinarian and she used to she works on sheep or she used to anyway back then and i'm like oh we're gonna watch a movie about sheep breeding and she's like oh great i fucking put this (laughs) (laughs) she wasn't as amused as i was but um but yeah it's hysterical well shane have you seen black sheep i have i only saw it the once though but it was a few years back and uh it was very enjoyable it was very funny um and yeah, everything that Mike says, it's just a gore fest, really. Um, and it's just comical seeing sheep massacre, like, a whole fucking family of, like, 
like inbreeders or whatever, you know, because they're sheep. Inbreeders. <laughs> yeah, like, there's like even really good animatronics work done on here. Like the main, like big, <laughs> big bad sheep. He, uh, it took like four people to control that thing. So it's really a lot of work went into this movie. It's crazy. It's like, why don't we see this more? Yeah. You know? That's amazing. What do you think, Craig? You've seen Black Sheep? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Excellent special effects, for sure. I think this was like when one of Weta's earlier movies, if I believe. Um, but yeah, you can you can definitely see that the special effects are, are top notch. Uh, good humor. I did, I, I did think it was funny as hell. It almost seems this this is something that kind of influenced Takawatiya too, you know, with his brand of humor runs right along the same kind of vein, I would guess. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, as a matter of fact, I think the, one of the guys that was helping him kill them sheep's name was Taka or something like that. Cause so I just watched this last night. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I believe that, uh, with the hippie in the farm hand, isn't that what it was, Mike? Well, one. What do you mean? The that helped him fight fight the sheep. Yeah, one was named Grant, and the other one was uh, Experience. No, no, not the two hippies. I'm talking the the farmhand that. Oh, uh, his name's Tucker. It was I Tucker. thought it was Takia. I guess uh, I heard that wrong. Yeah, I thought I thought I didn't know what he was saying at first either. But according to IMDb, it's Tucker. Yeah, man. Well, they're all speaking New, New Zealand. Zealand slang. Who knows what they're talking? Yeah. About. Yeah, New Zealand slang. So, but yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It was fun. And that was like uh, one of the line from Dimension Extreme, wasn't it? And didn't they put that out here in America? Yeah, that's you're yeah, right. That, they that's did. how I watched yeah. it, and I right. was like, ah, this isn't gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> some good movies that it's came so out though on that line. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I enjoy, I enjoy some of that stuff back in the day. I mean, it's sort of one of those like early two thousands. It's like you know what you're getting into. If you pick up a DVD and they got Dimension Extreme up on the corner, yeah. you're like, all right, I know what kind of movie this is going to be. Uh, yeah, they were mostly foreign titles, right. weren't they? From here in the uh, States, I think most of them yeah, were. for the most part. Yeah, if there was an American one, it was usually just like a uh, a shitty slasher movie. Oh, I did, think, I did think it was a fucking riot that they thought that sheep would hunt in packs like that, too. You know, just a big old, big old herd of cute, cuddly sheep coming at you yep. to mangle you. I mean, not that I have to ask what you guys think about killer sheep as a fucking, <laughs> as a, uh, a terror in itself. I think that's pretty low on the ranking list. I'd say one or two. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, right. I don't think I've ever been afraid <laughs> in a field that a group of sheep are going to be coming after but me. But you will now. But now I, yeah, now I'm considering it. I'm thinking about it. Yep. All right, Shane. So you ready for your uh, your second film? I am indeed. All right, buddy. I've got Lake Placid. Heyo. And uh, it's one of those films I watched yesterday, and I hadn't seen it for a long while, and I've forgotten how cheesy it is, but also how fucking funny it is. You know, it was just um, one of those films that I sat there and really enjoyed. Um, Bridget Fonda, looking foxy as fuck. Um. Bill Pullman, Oliver Platt, and the class act that is Betty White. Because um, it's basically um, she, Bridget Fonda plays a paleontologist who is sent to Maine 
to investigate um, the remains they found of a tooth from a dude who um, got bitten in half. And that was quite a spectacular um, death, it has to be said. That was quite a good um, practical effect kind of scene, kind of, you know. I mean, it looks CGI when they pull him out of the out of the river and when they put him in the boat, but then the guy's just looking there and his, all his entrails are falling out. It is brilliant. But, um, yeah, she goes up there to investigate and there's like Bill Pullman turns up and Oliver Platt turns up and they start investigating. And it's actually quite comical what they do and how they do it, especially when all these people get eaten and it's like Bridget Fonda stands on a twig, snaps it, and this this head flies out and she starts freaking out. It's pretty fucking funny. But um, it's... Betty White, for me, is just the best character in this because she plays this ditzy old woman who runs this little farm. And, um, spoiler alert, she's been feeding this alligator, and this fucking huge alligator that basically is responsible for killing all these people. And the occasional bear and, like... Other animals, there it comes. The occasional bear. Well, there's that scene with the bear. There all these people, they're on the beach side, and um, this bear comes out of nowhere, and it stands on the head, on the river's edge, and this fucking alligator just comes out and just snaps it up and drags it into the water. And they're all stood there and they're like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> you know, that's the alligator. But um, when they go to uh, question Betty White. And she says that, oh, there's like a number of things that she says. But when it comes down to talking about her not reporting this alligator, um, Bill Pullman says something to her. And it's when she just comes up with the best fucking one line. And she just says, well, this would be the point where if I had a dick, I'd tell you to suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, basically, it turns out what she's been doing, she's been feeding this alligator, but what she didn't realise, she's actually been feeding two of them. So when they all turn up at the end, spoiler alert, at the end of the film, um, they're trying to trying to capture one of the alligators, and then a second one turns up, and they all start freaking out, and it's really funny. Didn't she kill her husband, or he got eaten by the shore? Yeah, see, this one's yeah. this is what's so up for debate, isn't it? it? Because she turns around and says she killed him with a frying pan, yeah, and buried him in the back garden. And, and then the second she, one is basically she she they work out that uh, she actually fed her husband to the alligators. So and that was what was really funny. Yeah, because that's the bit when she takes the cow to the edge of the water and the alligator just fucking munches it. The best thing about Betty White in this is uh, just how it was weird watching how filthy her mouth was in this. You know, oh, man. She's hilarious. Yeah, but... This was like the big Betty White comeback. Like, this is where she, like, sort of... I don't know about remade herself, but was like, listen, I'm just going to be fucking foul, a foul old lady. And that's what you're going to have to deal yeah. with. Because I think up to this point, a- anyone only knew her from like the golden yeah. girls. And she's always and looked the same. Sort of aware of how filthy she was. 
Yeah, I don't, she looks I don't, exactly like she did in that show, too. I don't think I've ever seen her look any different than how old she looks now. No. All right, let's see. How she's old 96. is she right now? What do we got on here? Holy shit. I'm pretty sure she's 96. That's Hang on. 1922. Yeah. All right, let's not beat around the bush, fellas. Who here has looked at the Betty White nude photos? Ooh. Wait, there Negative. is? Wait, let me check. Okay, do it. It's worth watching. Wait, worth watching? It's a movie? Well, no, no, no. It's it's worth checking out. Uh, new photos. Here we go, folks. Live on air. This Taking over se- ooh, 70 years ago, thank God. Oh, that's all right, then. <laughs> Fuck, uh, Let's see the new pics. Click here. Whizbangpop.com. Oh, that sounds legit. Huh. I got pasties on the nipples. No, if I remember, if I remember. No, right. she's she's fully nude. She's got some weird ears in one of them. Some like she's wearing ears. something over her ears in one of them. I did not. I did not notice her ears. Ah, like she's there's nothing really to look at, to be honest. Wow, harsh. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. My uh, internet research has ruined me. I grew <laughs> up in the. I grew up in the porn age. I'm not. There you go. All right, proof. Go on. All right. Anyway, now that we've sidetracked that, <laughs> now that we've gotten Mike to Google something hilarious every time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this movie is. I, I saw this in a theater. I remember when this came out. Uh, I think I was actually working in the movie theater when this got. It was nineteen ninety nine. Um, yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. And I absolutely saw this, and I fucking loved it. I thought it was... Because I was a big fan of, like, the Alligator movies back in the day. Alligator 1, Oh, God, I remember those. Um, Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about those, but I didn't. I I decided to change it up. But uh, I love the, you know, the giant alligator, crocodile, whatever it was in this one. I can never remember the difference or tell. But, um, yeah, this movie's hilarious. Uh, Have you guys seen any of the sequels? There's a massive amount, ain't there? Yeah, there's a right down to Anaconda versus Lake Placid or something like that. Mm. Yep, yeah, I think they did one of those. There might have been. I mean, they may. I think that's when they got into like the sci-fi range, sci-fi oh, that, range. Way into it. Yeah, so who knows? There may even be like you know a, a Crocosaurus versus Lake Placid. Who knows? But I think I think um, the first one is honestly the only one that you should really watch. The rest are so fucking bad, dude. They're just terrible. But, yeah, I like this movie a lot. I like that it has an actual cast, you know? You've got Bill Pullman, fucking Bridget Fonda. Still holds up, uh, too. Yeah, there's actual people with names in it. Yeah, it does. It's fun. It's a good movie. Uh, it, it has a little bit of that Jaws aspect where, like, the mayor's like, you got to go out and stop this thing. We've got, you know, whatever the event was that's happening coming up. <laughs> so that's good. Um, what do you think? I've never so seen much? it. Get the fuck out of here. You never saw Lake no, Placid? No, I've never seen it. Wow. Oh, man. You I will. Check it out. It's, it, it's in, in the world of shitty crocodile alligator movies, this is like one of the best. Maybe the best. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. Nice. He's funny. What'd you think of this one, Craig? Oh, man. Um, for the year it came out, you're, you're right. The, the special effects are top notch, mostly animatronic. Like, I think one of the, I mean, for being when it came out, like one of the only cases of CG in there was when it ate the bear, I think, pulled the bear in the water. Yeah. That, that even looked good. Um, 
for the year it came out and the effects that it had, I mean, the humor was it's spot on with Betty White. Oliver Platt's douchey in it. Yeah. Bridget Fonda looking good. I liked it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have no complaints about this movie. You know what? Which which is kind of odd because I could usually find something horrible to complain about. I mean, maybe the acting isn't that great and the script isn't that great. But dude, you're watching a movie about a fucking a giant alligator in a lake. Like, what are you looking for here? We're not we're not talking any Oscars going to be given out for no. this one. So, yeah, that was a good pick, Shane. I like this movie. Uh, what do you think about uh, uh, giant alligator crocodile? Um, I'd probably put this like near the fucking top, yeah. man. I see that shit. It freaks me out. Like, if you ever go down to Florida and you see, like, actual alligators down there, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not into that. That's out. That's absolutely out. That's like a, that's like a nine for me. Luckily, I've been to Florida. I've been think? to Florida, like, two or three times. I haven't seen any large crocs or alligators. So, <laughs> so my, no. uh, yeah, I, w- I would say, for me, I would say that's probably, I'd say, like, an eight or nine. I'll definitely say it was a nine. Yep. I'm with you on that. What do you oh, think, yeah, Greg? it's way up there, especially uh, uh, it's a massive crocodile that didn't swim from Africa over something like that across the ocean. This thing's... You know, I don't... I don't really I, 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 think, I think that's what they said. This thing is massive. Um, it's part of the reason why I like living up north. So, yeah, it's a high nine or ten for me, man. <laughs> I don't got to worry about that shit up here in Michigan. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. And less snakes. Not no snakes, just less snakes. Shit. Yeah, I got to worry about a lot of that over where I'm at. Oh, really? Nothing that's really going to kill you when you bite, step out the door everywhere you go. No, nope, we don't have, we, we have some venomous shit up here that, that'll get you sick, but nothing really that bad. Oh, fuck that. I don't even care, man. I don't care if it's not venomous at all. If a fucking snake bit me, that's it. I'm out. I'm fucking leaving. I'm moving to the moon. It's a bit like me with spiders. Yeah, right. Fuck. All right, boys. Let me uh, let me wrap this up with a fucking special treat here. Now, I did not tell you guys the last movie I was picking because I didn't want anyone to look it up because it's so fucking ridiculous. And I uh, I'd forgot about it for a while until I was thinking. I went back to my collection of killer animal movies. And I realized I was missing a bunch that are on VHS. So I went through my VHS collection and pulled out a fucking prize gem. So good that I'm amazed that like Red Letter Media or fucking Cinemassacre hasn't covered this thing yet. But they haven't. So we got an exclusive on this one. We'll fucking, we'll be the people to really break this movie out there. Uh, This is 1988's The Uninvited. And it may sound like nothing like a killer animal movie, but it is like the prime peak killer animal movie. It's directed by Graydon Clark, who also directed Without Warning, the alien movie, uh, The Return, which is another alien movie. And Mike, you'll probably know this one, Final Justice, starring (laughs) Joe Don Baker. (laughs) Mystery Science Theater fame. One of maybe, maybe the best Mystery Science Theater movie. I don't know. I love that one. That's up there for me. Um, it stars George Kennedy of Naked Gun fame. Uh, it has a uh, clue Gulluger in it again, as as uh, Craig had mentioned earlier from Return of the Living Dead and a bunch of other great horror goodies. Uh, it also has a uh, Topi Hudson, who was a girl in uh, Texas Chainsaw Three, so that was sort of her big role. But she's in this. 
And basically the idea of this movie is that a, uh, a house cat is this weird genetic experiment that escapes from a lab, kills everybody it comes into contact with, essentially, and eventually makes its way onto this yacht that's owned by a mobster headed to the Caribbean to uh, to get a bunch of money from some recent illegal transaction or something or other. And the cat starts killing people on the yacht. And they, they have to deal with this, like, genetic mutation that's, like, tearing everybody apart. This movie is so fucking ridiculous. It's not just that it's a killer cat. The cat itself is, like, this orange, long-haired tabby cat. Just a regular cat. Not big. It's not, like, some huge monster or anything. It's just a cat. And... Inside the cat is another cat, and that one is like this weird hairless monster with fangs and claws. So when the orange tabby gets, like, attacked or something, it opens its mouth, and this, like, rubber puppet comes out of the cat's mouth and fucking starts killing everybody and then returns inside the tabby cat. It's it's absolutely insane. The gore is fucking awesome. There's just, like, buckets of blood flying everywhere. Um, at one point, uh, George Kennedy is literally kicking the shit out of some teen punks on his boat. And the cat grabs onto him and rips his Achilles off. Right oh, my from his God. Fucking, right from his ankle. Oh, it's amazing. It's George yeah. Kennedy, too. He's laying on the ground screaming. Cat's running around. And also, the cat is poisonous. So if you get bit by it, um, all of your, your organs start, like, pulsating and explode out of your body nice. so there's fucking blood everywhere oh yeah it's great um one of my favorite parts of the movie is so this guy had gotten shot during a struggle on the boat and he lost feeling in his arm and of course there's a couple sexy ladies on the boat because what would a yacht be without a couple sexy ladies and she's like taking care of him and coming on to him and he's like, oh, this is great. I just have no feeling in my arm. I can't feel anything that's happening in my arm. And she's like, oh, I'll give you something to feel about. And she starts, like, you know, taking her top off and getting sexy time rolling. And she pulls the sheet away. And the guy's laying there. And the cat is eating his fingers off. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And he proceeds to lose his shit. He's like, oh, my God. They bit me. The cat's poisonous. I gotta kill myself. And he goes to, like, throw himself off the boat, and the girl tries to stop him, and they're like, no, 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 don't do it. So, like, he falls off the edge of the boat, and the girl goes along with him, and they're like, well, they're both dead. Like, they don't even fucking try to save him. They're just like, yep, that's it. We'll just keep moving on. Oh, man. It is a fucking hysterical movie. And I don't want to get super into spoilers, but... So I have the VHS of this, but I am going to read the back of the VHS sort of red letter media style, just so you guys can get a, a taste of what's going on here. And by a taste, I mean the back of this VHS spoils the entire fucking movie. It is hilarious. All right, so here we go. Genatac Research Lab, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Armed security men dressed in radiation suits chased an escaped laboratory animal, an innocent-looking orange cat. They're just about to capture it. The cat transforms into a hideous mutant creature, ripping off one of the men's arms with its powerful claws and escaping into the night. So begins the saga of Uninvited, a sci-fi thriller starring George Kennedy, Alex Cord, and Clue Galuger. As three Wall Street criminals bent on escaping to the Cayman Islands with their latest booty, along for the ride on the luxury yacht are the boat's captain, Rachel, two sexy co-eds, Susan and Bobby, 
that's not even a sentence. Amid protests from Cord and his men, the girls invite aboard three boys they met dockside and a fluffy cat Suzanne found at the marina. Soon after they head out to sea, the mutant feline begins to wreak havoc with the boat's passengers, including Clue Galuger, and causing him to fall overboard. Rachel wants to return to the port, but Cord insists they keep moving towards the Caymans. Reluctantly, she agrees to ignore Galuger's death and stay on course. I like that they don't even get the guy's name, they just give him the actor's name. Stay on course when offered the title to the yacht as an inductment. That was good. Was it a fart? I like yeah. that one. That was a good one. Goddamn. That was the longest one. You think I'm done? One by one, the passengers encounter the killer cat. Bitten by its poisonous and deadly venom, Kennedy's blood boils. One of the boys has his fingers bitten off while making love to Bobby, and the two jump overboard rather than face their fate. Suzanne consumes food contaminated by the creature and soon succumbs to poison. Another of the boys stalks the cat in the engine room where his misdirected gunshots puncture the yacht's hull and pierce a steam pipe which explodes, boiling him alive. As the yacht sinks, amid a violent storm at sea, only three remain, their only hope an approaching Coast Guard cutter, but who will survive? And days later, when a little boy and his daddy discover a sea-soaked piece of luggage, luggage on a tranquil beach, will they guess what lurks inside? The Uninvited. Literally, that's a whole movie. And that's what's on the back of this VHS. I just told you guys yeah. the entire plot from fucking start to finish. Who dies? Who lives? How they die? That's how they fucking marketed this thing. It's amazing. How big is that case that came in? Dude, <laughs> I, I gotta show you the back <laughs> of this. It's fuck. all words. It's amazing. And I, I can't believe that this movie is not more well known. I think Fright has actually seen this. I think he's the guy that, uh, that got me turned on to this movie because it's so fucking crazy. What's, it's what's funny the on the cover look like? Uh, it's a picture of an orange tabby cat with a mutant coming out of its mouth, which you see many times throughout the movie. And there's a cutaway of a boat on top of it. It says it's cats not have nine lives. 80s art? What's that? Oh, no, no, no. It's this not is just that like a picture. VHS 80s art? No, no. This guy's just a picture like taken out of the movie. It says cats have nine All lives. Right you have only one. You'll <laughs> never look at a cat the same way again. PG-13. <laughs> Rated PG-13. <laughs> oh, man. This movie, man. I am fucking... I'm all about this movie. I feel like it needs to get out there. If you guys... It's not on DVD. It's not on Blu-ray or any of that shit. Um, this is one time... Well, I, I will say that if you have to look online for a copy of this movie, go find it. Because I don't know who owns it. But they're not doing a good job putting it out there. And the world deserves the uninvited. And if you're looking for it, Mike, you got to look up like 1988 because there's like six other movies named Uninvited. Yeah. Oh, It's a classic, man. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. No, it's not. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. Well, I take it back. Just watch that on Amazon Prime then. How the fuck is it on Amazon Prime? PG-13. Oh Include in your Prime membership. Watch now. Shit, I literally ripped this from my VHS. <laughs> a mutated feline escapes from a secret lab and onto a yacht owned by a wealthy criminal. Two beautiful women adopt the cuddly cat, unaware the killer kitty houses a demon in its mouth. No. It's a little baby cat. Oh my god, it is on Amazon Prime. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys. Well, go on there, search this out, pick up a copy. It is absolutely worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna see so, if Val wants to watch this today. It sounds. It's a funny. killer cat, man. And, and the funny part is, like we had mentioned earlier about, like you know, the the sheep like just eating grass or whatever. Yeah. There's like a the, the cat is just doing cat things. <laughs> My favorite part. Like the cat's laying down in a hallway, just like laxing, laying on the floor, and there's guys in full. Um, radiation suits sneaking up on the cat with a cat carrier and you can see the cat looking at him like I don't give a fuck what you're doing I'm fucking laying here this is relaxed time <laughs> but they're like the music in the background dun 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 every time they show the cat like walking around the street or doing anything it's just like got this evil overtones of this killer <laughs> cat that's so funny man has anyone ever seen this or heard of it no <laughs> Craig, anything? No, 1988, though, huh? Oh, yeah. What? The, what's the... Uh, how good does the cat look when the baby's coming out of its mouth? Um, It very So they have, like, a bunch of different props, right? So, like, there's, like, the little one that comes out of the cat's mouth, but then, for whatever reason, it'll be, like, you know, the size of, like, a good-sized dog at different points, but then it goes back to, like, a cat. It's, it like, you know, there's no consistency in this. Um, there's yeah, a real great a regular, scene. A real cat. Yeah. And then it'll be like a puppet that like, so, you know, someone's biting other people at. There's a great scene where this guy finds the cat, stray cat, you know, roaming the street and he's like, Oh, it's a cat. And he like, you know, puts out some, some milk or some cat food or whatever. And the cat's eating the cat food. And this guy works at a gas station and some dude comes up to him and goes, Hey buddy, do you have change for the, uh, for the Coke machine? And he goes, yeah, hang on one second. And, like, he's reaching for his wallet. And the guy, like, stabs him. And the dude falls over. And this pisses the cat off because that was the first guy that liked him. So the cat jumps in the back of a pickup. The pickup takes off. And then the cat mutates and fucking smashes through the back of the pickup window, ripping this guy's throat out. And the car fucking flips over a ravine. It like explodes. It's so fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm like, as I'm watching this, I'm cheering. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's a great one. And by great, I mean horrible. Just like the worst. So, uh, I feel like everybody needs to check out the uninvited and go on Amazon, watch it, buy the bootleg DVD and the VHS, and uh, have a good time. That's what I say. So yeah, any other uh, any other comments you guys uh, for uh, for any movies? What do you guys think? Any other uh, ones we haven't just uh, talked about or has covered? Death House come out yet? Oh my god, I don't think so. Craig, have you seen the trailer for Death House? Yes, I have. Um, man, that movie's shit. It was filmed like two or three years ago, wasn't it? That's what and, I yeah. I and think they're it, dragging their feet and having it come out. I keep hearing it's supposed to come out. I thought it was. If they keep pushing it back or some shit. Let's see here. You guys think Let's it looks see. terrible too, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, we may have mentioned it once or twice. Yeah, a few I still times. Haven't, I, I have not gotten any I, requests to review it, so. I don't know. That's probably upside, because though. they heard our fucking views on it. <laughs> the, it. The only thing that kills as far as hype goes with that movie is the cast. It's not overhyped like what you would get with a Babadook and It Follows, you know, where the hype train kills it. But I haven't I haven't heard a whole lot about Death House, except who's in look, it as I'm, far as hype yeah, goes. I'm looking, for a re- I'm looking for a release now. Have you seen the trailer, though? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's like <laughs> reviews on IMDb of of it. I don't understand how these people are seeing it. Well, they 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 go to like well, conventions Brian, and Brian stuff. Brian seen and it. it. Udrow seen it at a, a convention. Really? Uh, oh, okay. a, a film fest. Yeah, he's seen it already. He's seen it shit a year or two ago. What'd he think about it? He loved it. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have Brian on. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, no, I'm not seeing an official release. I'm looking forward to it. Shit. Everybody, oh, you are? Oh yeah, it's it's, it's got to be better than a lot of shit that's been coming out. At least I just found a thing. It says up my alley. What I think is fun. February twenty third. That'll be limited as shit. I don't know. This is on like iTunes. So I have no idea what it's talking about. I IMDB, it says the same thing, February 23rd. Well, we'll have to just look forward to that some other time. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, 23rd February, February, yeah. Yeah. Well, we missed it, guys. Well, I want to give... Um, so I put this topic out there to a bunch of places, but I want to give major shout-outs to the Slaughtered Lamb Facebook group because they actually fucking stepped up and, uh, and gave us a bunch of their own favorites um, of killer animal movies. So, um, Connor Blackman says Zombievers are really good. Uh, he also brought up this movie. What the fuck is the name of that rat movie? Rats, 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 Rats. Yeah, Rats. How did I not know about this? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I watched the trailer. I'm like, what the fuck? Did you watch that? <laughs> Who? Uh, rat, rat, anyone. Oh, Has anyone no. seen that trailer? No. Craig, did you see the movie? No, I don't. Uh, I haven't, but Connor watches some fucking off-the-wall shit that, I mean, he, he, it's like he scours the sh- looking for the shit. Yeah, he, he watches a lot of shitty Amazon Prime stuff, too. And he loves them, that, too. It looks so bad, man. I am fucking blown away by how terrible that movie looks. Rat Scratch Fever. Jesus. Uh, Sharice McCowan says Wild Beast, which was on my list. I was going to watch that. Um, I just haven't gotten to it yet. I actually have the DVD, but I heard it's amazing. It's about like animals. They get like LSD and lose their fucking minds and start <laughs> eating people and shit at a zoo, which sounds awesome. Claire Marie says, uh, I'm sorry. Claire Marie James says Kingdom of Spiders, which is a classic William Shatner killer spider movie. Uh, you know, right up there with eight legged freaks in terms of great spider movies. Uh, Lay Newsom says, uh, uh, that's it right there. Your pick. I always loved Grizzly. The best out of all the killer animal picks. Uh, James A. Hill says Food of the Gods, which is awesome. I think you've seen that one, right, Mike? Yeah, unfortunately. Yep. Unfortunately. Did you like that? Or did you like Food of the Gods 2 better? No. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I went to see uh, that sequel. <laughs> it's not really worth seeking out. Uh, it's pretty much the same as the first, just more rats. And um, Dean uh, Dean Simonson says, Grizzly is tops here, then Alligator, then Orca, then Piranha, the original, but new ones are fine too. And he's also a huge fan of Lake Placid and Anaconda. Um, so, I mean, he pretty much covered fucking like almost everything we were talking about on this, uh, except for Orca, which is one of my favorite killer animal movies. Again, another Jaws ripoff, Roger Corman special. Um, not that he directed it, but I think he produced that one. Uh, great movie to watch too. I recommend Orca as well. Uh, it's got an Ennio Morricone score, which is great. So that's another good one. And, um, Patrick Timothy Shaw on, um, Instagram. Sorry, Craig. Um, he mentioned 
open water. Honorable honorable mention goes to frogs. Yes. Frogs is ridiculous. Open water is a that you got, Yeah, that's all I've got. You didn't like open water, Craig? Yeah. Too long, man. Too long with nothing happening. Sitting in the water. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was hyped up for having the real sharks and shit, but it was boring, man. Could have cut about half hour off that movie easily. Yeah, I never actually watched that one. Yeah, don't it's waste one of those your time. I picked up, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. They made a sequel. To, just, they made a sequel to that. There's like three of them. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You might as well wrap up your open water and gift it to somebody. It ain't worth it. Not even worth <laughs> hey, taking Craig, I got a package coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Any you got? You guys saw seen Rogue or that, or Eaten Alive? Them are great alligator. Oh yeah, Eaten Alive. Oh yeah, uh, Killing Alive. Toby Hooper. That was I'm good. Buck. Which was oh Robert England? Which one was uh? Which one was Rogue? Because I always get that confused with another one. That's... Was was Rogue the one where they're chasing the alligator? Rogue, Rogue was directed by the Greg McLean who did Wolf Wolf Creek in in uh, Big Ass Gator. It, it was good. Yeah, um, I, they were hunting him because he was eating people down there in Australia. It was, I think it was a gator, crocodile, probably crocodile down there, right? She also talked about I, Razorback. Oh, Razorback. That's a good one, too. That or pigs. That's a new one, I think, right? Pigs. <laughs> I don't know. Pig hunt. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it, just speaking of, like, alli- I could do an entire show on just alligator movies, like Big Alligator River, um, Dark Age, which is a classic uh, Oz exploitation movie. Um, there's like there's a, a crocodile from Thailand. That's another one that's fucking. It's crazy. It's another Jaws ripoff movie. Uh, obviously, the two Alligator One and Alligator Two. Uh, Toby Hooper has a crocodile film also. Uh, that one's supposed to be really bad. And um, I mean, there's just like a ton of them. And that's just, you know, that one little specific area of movies. I mean, we haven't gotten into, like, killer B movies. Holy shit, I watched a whole bunch of those a couple weeks ago for no reason. Um, some are good, some are unbelievably bad. But, uh, yeah, there's there's one from, I think it's from Amicus in, uh, in England. They made The Deadly Bees. And that one is, like, mostly about this um, scientist that, like, trains bees to kill his rivals, so he has, like, the number one honey of in, like, the town. It's so fucking insane and petty, it's hysterical. He's like, I'm gonna be the number one honey guy! You're like, okay, what's that, like, $200 a year? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nowadays, probably more, since all the bees are going extinct. Sure, sure. Probably from the killer bees that kill off the other hives. Oh, my, I guess no doubt. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's a ton of great killer animal movies. I mean, I'm sure eventually we're gonna have to revisit this topic again because uh, I own so many DVDs on it, and we're just gonna have to. That sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Shane. We'll let you get another soundtrack episode in someday. Yeah, fuck. Count me on on that one. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I can drop the ball and be unprepared there too. Yeah. <laughs> mm, nah, you were good, man. So, uh, so what do you guys got? Anything else you want to bring up, or uh, we wrap this one up here? Let's wrap this one up. All right, you got it. Uh, you can reach us on our uh, Gmail. All you need is bloodpod at gmail The Facebook group. All you need is blood. Uh, on Instagram, all you need is bloodpod. 
Uh, I'm on I uh, I'm on um, Jesus. I can't even fucking think now. I'm on Twitter at Ryan Tudelo. Uh, you can also catch me on the uh, upcominghorrormovies.com message board as well as the UHM fans Facebook group. Um, so I'm around there. Uh, Shane, what do you got? Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, Dead Cell Society. See, sorry, Dead Cell Society seventy four. I'm on Twitter as Dead Cell Society. You can find me on the UHM fan group page. You can also find me on the message board uh, when I occasionally make an appearance. Um, that's about it, really. Uh, I am on Instagram as Whittemore with a zero. Um, I am on the Facebook group. Shane and I are or mods of that so if you'd like to if you like what you heard just come on in and we'll we'll allow you as long as you're not from like indonesia um listen that guy had a real (laughs) sexy grilling picture that came on with it took a lot of balls it was that fucking dude oh i don't know but i let it fly i was like yep this guy's in (laughs) and uh i'm not on twitter because i don't believe in twitter heathen (laughs) very righteous of you (laughs) Yeah. Cool. What about you, Craig? Any contact info you want to give out there? All I'm going to say is bad candies on that bus. She's got a bad skin complaint and she's not accepting any visitors. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? That's That's the best one yet. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. That's funny. Yeah, man. All right, fellas, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys want to hear. Um, Subscribe and comment on iTunes and other things. And uh, feel free to donate just straight cash. Just send it in the mail, and we'll take it. Yeah. That's about it. We need need, uh, upkeep for um, Blu-rays. Yeah, I also need um, to get somebody invented on this, like, noiseless air conditioner because right now I'm just dripping sweat. It is hot as balls in this room. Yeah, my tits are like drenched in water. (laughs) We don't call them tits. We call them moobs. Yeah, moobs. Moobies. Swoobs. It's the clutch. Moobies! Swat hole. Well, I hope everybody takes a good nut to the face (laughs) and uh, is able to enjoy themselves. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Oh, fuck. I'm turning that AC back on. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna go Holy get on the lake. Shit. Whew. Oh, fuck. I should probably stop recording these, huh? That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs>